Welcome to Journeys in Grace with Pastor Eric Hubbard. And we thank you today for joining us as we take another journey in the study of God's grace and His love to all people, to all men, to all mankind. We're going to begin our study today in the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 9. And before we begin to go into the scriptures today, I just want to let you know that uh, the grace of God is there for all of us. He provided it for us. Scripture says that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself is grace. He is, grace is more than uh, an un, a God's undeserved favor to us. But yet Jesus is God's best favor, best gift, best offering to man. For God in offering himself to all of us as a gift, as a sacrifice that Christ made upon uh, the altar of the cross. And we're so grateful that what Jesus did, what he offered for us, what he gave for us, and, as we, and if we continue to lift him up, and to point men and to point ourselves and have our attention on what Jesus did for us. What he did for us. Well, how he saved us, delivered us, and how he's already provided. When Christ was on the cross, he declared, it is finished. And that finished work of Christ is his work that he completed for us on the cross when he took all of our sins. Past, present, and future. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 8 and verse chapter 10, talks about how the scriptures, God said within the scriptures that uh, their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no, no, no more. In the book of uh, Hebrews, uh, chapter 8 and in verse 10, chapter 10, he said the same thing. He said, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Meaning, it doesn't mean that uh, God wants to react as Paul says that when Paul said that shall we continue in sin and grace may abound? No. We should not continue and practice sin and, and do those things which are detrimental to our, uh, to our health and to our spiritual health. Yet we are saved when we miss the mark and error or sin. But yet, if we want to live a victorious life, we will flee the sins of man, the sins of the flesh. And we will cleave to the word of God and, our, and seek to increase our knowledge of him. And through that increase of knowledge, because the scripture says, uh, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. But when we get knowledge of what God has already done, not what God is going to do, not what he might do, but what God has already done, he's, he's already established us. His purpose for us and his plan for us was put in us before we entered the world. God, we didn't choose him, but he chose us. So today, we, again, we're going to go in the book of Mark, fourth chapter. And I started reading around the, um, around the 31st verse. I'm sorry, yeah, Book of Mark, chapter, I'm sorry, not 31st, but uh, the 34th verse. It says, But without a peril spake he not unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the evening was come, even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. So Jesus had an assignment that he placed upon and, and told his disciples, I've got somewhere to go. He said, and we're going to go to the other side. And our trust and faith is God, in God is built when we trust him. When, when we read us, uh, and take the scriptures in context, and what I mean by context, meaning that we gather the scripture. And what the Lord has said, we take that scripture in context and we're able to apply it. And I know gospel uh, 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 experience 
elder once told me that if you can't find a, a truth in the scripture in more than one place, really you shouldn't make it, you shouldn't try to make it a law or a, a, a something that you would uh, have tried to live by if it only appears one time in the scripture. Yeah, it may be a good, it may be a good scripture. I'm not saying that the, any of the word, of, all the word of God is good and inspired, inspired by uh, holy men. The scripture said was inspired by, by God. But yet we should be able, as the scripture says, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. Should we preach? Should we teach? And should we give out the word of God as a foundation for all of us to live by? So again, uh, to make myself plain. All of the scripture is, is, was inspired and is inspired. But yet, whenever I bring things to you, I try and, and with proven men and proven scripture and proven study that the word of God is true, that it is faithful, and that it is alive. And not just a book that's over uh, uh, 2,000 uh, uh, two years old with, when we're talking about the New Testament writing, but older than that, from even back to Moses, which was almost 4,000 years ago. What Moses wrote in the law was good. The book of Romans said the, the, uh, the law is good. But what the failure is, is that man could not live the law faithfully. Only one man could. And that man being Christ Jesus. And yet, the law was good, but the, what the law did was it exposed uh, the knowledge of sin to man. It let us know what we were not doing. Not what we could do. The law, law doesn't provide promises. But it provides condemnation of our failures and our uh, coming up short in pleasing God through the law. All right. So again, let's go uh, continue on in the book of Saint uh, Book of Saint Mark. Now reading at the thirty-sixth uh, verse, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and also with him other little ships. Thirty-seven. And it says, there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat upon the ship, so now it was full. So can you imagine out on in the sea, or you could be on a pond or a lake or in the ocean itself, and it says, you're in a ship, and you're sailing toward your destination, and the ship now is full of water. Any ship, just think of, just, just use your imagination, think of it. The ship was full. This wasn't a big ocean liner. Uh, this is just a regular ship, probably uh, 12 to uh, 10 to 20 feet long, probably uh, 8 to, uh, eight to uh, 20 feet, 8 to 20 feet wide. And can you imagine the ship is full? It didn't say it was begin to fill. It said it was full of water. And yet it was still floating. The ship, I'm going to read it again. It says, and there arose, in verse 37, there arose a great storm of wind. The waves beat upon the ship so that it was now full. It was full of water. And it did not sink. It didn't sink. Verse 38. And he was, and he being Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship. He was in the rear part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And can you imagine now, if the, if, the, if the word is true, and it is, if it's full of water, that means Jesus was just sloshing around in the water, sleep, because it was full. But it couldn't sleep 
couldn't sink because the word was in the ship. That's where we should have confidence. Anytime we can read scripture and see the promises of God, which to us as believers are always yea and amen. If God has made a promise to us, he promised to keep us in perfect peace. Isaiah 26, 3, whose mind has stayed on thee because he trusts in him. That's what reading the word and just meditating on what God has said, that's what builds up. Remember we said earlier about how that the word of God is built as a seed in the ground. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Meaning that that, that, that seed is in the ground. It begins to germinate. And after a, a, a passage of time, the little uh, stalk comes up out the ground. It's called the blade. Then the stalk continues to grow up. And then the, uh, the ears are formed on, the ears of corn are formed on that stalk. It goes higher and taller. And then the ears begin to fill out. The little grains of corn now begin to fill. And then it's the full corn in the ear. But that happens over time. And this is how we grow in our faith and our knowledge of God. God himself, when he was born to Mary and Joseph, grew in the knowledge and favor of God. He grew in the and because he came in a body that was uh, that was limited him because yet he was God, but yet he was limited by the body that contained his godliness. He had all all of God was in him, but yet he walked as a man, so that he could feel as we felt. He grew tired as we grew tired. He grew weary. Uh, with, with, with the days, with the work, with the, I would imagine if him being a carpenter, his, his arms ached after a long and hard day's work, but yet he had the same, faced the same issues that we face, yet he didn't falter in any of them. Okay, so again, going back to that 38th verse, it said the boat was full of water and Jesus was asleep in the hinder, in the, in the rear of the ship, of, of, of the ship. That's verse number 39. I'm sorry. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him. They awake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? If you think about that, you're talking to the Savior of the world. You've seen him raise the dead. You've seen him heal the sick. You've seen him uh, uh, uh Walk through crowds and people touching the woman with the issue of blood. She touched the hem of his garment and he healed her. They asked him about his cares. When the woman was captured in adultery and rather than stone her, he showed her love by speaking to those who, who would condemn her and stone her to death. He said he without the sin, let him cast the first stone. So the care and the concern and the love that he had for people, that's why people were drawn to him. Because they saw the love and the compassion. The compassion is, is, is one of the things that drove Jesus. That what drove him. And a part of that word compassion is passion. And that's what we've called today his journey from before the Last Supper. Because he went through first to Jerusalem, then to the upper room. And how he was drove from that, uh, from that upper room to the cross. The passion that he had to fulfill his assignment. And that's why all of us should be able to say, uh, I know we used to, I used to say, Lord, you didn't have to do it, but you, but you did. But yet he had to. He had a passion because he loved 
the, 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 the God's creation. He loved men. He loved the, uh, the man and the woman that he created in Adam and Eve. He loved them. He loved us because we all were in Adam and, and, and Eve. We were all in Adam. We all were coming this way. But because of God's love for mankind, this is what drove him to finish his course and what kept him in the faith and what drove him to that cross and take on all the sins of man. <clears throat> now let's go to verse 39. And he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Jesus had command over the very elements. He spoke to the wind, then to the waves. But what I want to go back to, and what we're going to concentrate on today, is why were the disciples not confident? Again, when you know that the Son of God is in the ship that you are sailing in, you, uh, they, you, you see the, the, the mighty miracles that he's done. When he, when, he began his uh, when he began his mission, Scripture says he went into the synagogues, he preached the kingdom, which is the love of God. The Scripture said uh, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. He encouraged people. He, he, drove, he, he pointed all men to the love and the grace of God. That we should serve God not just in with our lips, within lip service, but in but in the the very uh, roots of our heart, we should love God and be thankful for what He's done for us, and we should out of a out of a loving heart, purpose ourselves to fulfill the calling that He has in our lives, and fulfill the things that He has set before each and every one of us, and here we are. His disciples, having seen him heal, seen him deliver, seen him cast out devils, seen him uh, uh, speak to the blinded eyes and the eyes come open, seen him speak to the ear that's closed and, and, and the ears, and the ears uh, were open. All of these things they saw, and yet in their time of trouble, in a time of testing, they said, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Don't you care? Don't you, aren't you concerned about us? And see, that's what will hinder all of us is when we become me conscious, I conscious. Because remember, right in the middle of pride is I, P-R-I-D-E. Pride will sink your ship. Pride will bring you to a standstill. Pride will stop you in your very tracks. Because the scripture said, God resists the pride, but gives grace to the humble. He himself. God himself is described as meek and lowly. Can you imagine a God that can speak, that spoke the world into existence, that rebuked death, that created the sun and the moon and all of the elements of the, of the, of the heavens? He is a meek and lowly God. And yet, here they are, seeing, having seen all these things, what Jesus, what, what Jesus had done, they said, Lord, don't you care we perish? And what did Jesus do? He, he met their need. He said, peace, be still. Then it says, and the wind ceased. And that was a great calm. Why? Because the word was spoken in confidence. Whenever you meet your trial, you got to learn. Whenever you face your giant, and that's what the wind was, a giant. Thinking, uh, uh, I believe the scripture says in one place that you rock a it's what uh, they would call an evil storm, the storm that come to destroy. Or uh, in our day, maybe call it a, a hurricane that 
that sweeps over the the uh, the coast and hundreds and thousands are killed. Uh, I'm giving examples of things of that nature. But what we're talking about today is a storm that wanted to uh, and 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 what was sent to destroy him, but it couldn't because Jesus was not going to die until he fulfilled the purpose which God had sent him to fulfill. And it says in the next verse, he said unto them, why are you so fearful? Why? And see, again, all these things, uh, uh, unbelief, fear, all of these things are in direct opposite to the peace and the love and trusting in God. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. The very Lord of heaven is concerned. He cares about us. Psalms 8 and 4 says that, uh, that how that God is mindful of us. His mind is, he said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? In other words, God is, his mind is, is on his creation. His creation, which he, which he, uh, he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth and then breathed life into him. He cared so much for him that he had, he prepared the earth just for his, uh, he made the earth as a gift unto Adam. And it was prepared for him. The only thing that Adam had to do was just obey and, and, and love on God. But going back to these disciples, they took their eyes off of Jesus and they began to look at the problem. They began to look at the, and say, what about me? What about us? Jesus, you're going to let us die? We know you all right, but you're going to let us perish? How many times have all of us said that at one point of another? Lord, where are you? Where are you? He, and he said in his word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you forever. Forever. Never means never. He said, I'll never leave you. Even when you acting ugly. Even when we say the wrong thing. Even we say, say things that we were later sorry for that we said, sorry that we thought it, sorry that we did it. Jesus says, I'm with you. Always. Always. I'm right there with you. I knew you had that in your heart. He knew we had, we, we had those uh, mean things, those mean, the, those mean uh, uh, actions still in us. That's why he, his, his whole desire is that we presented a spotless bride. And what I mean by that is a spotless church unto him. You say, preacher, how are we going to get there? We get there by the washing of the water of the word. By us just doing the simple things of reading and, and reading the word, taking it and meditating on it, and just praying over it and saying, Lord, make this real to, in my life. Make uh, uh, Galatians 5.22, I have the love, joy, peace, Goodness, meekness, faith, all the all the uh, platitudes and all the all the characteristics of love. Don't let that rise up in my heart. Let Corinthians 13, that God kind of love be seen in me. That uh, as Corinthians says that love is first what kind. God, let men see my good work. Let them see love. Let them see kindness out of coming out of me. Let them see, Lord, you in me. Because that's ultimately what, what God's great, God's gift and God's purpose for all of us is that Christ in us, the hope of glory. 
He wants the world to see his son in us, that they may see our good works and do what? Glorify the Father which is in heaven. That's God's whole plan, his whole purpose for us, that we be, that he be seen in us. For he said in the book of Revelation, we were created for his pleasure. That's why we we're created. And in God's pleasure, we enjoy our assignment. I often hear people, uh, uh, preachers say, you know, many times when, when we think about doing the work of God or, the, or fulfilling God's plan for our lives, we think that we're going to be sent to the worst part of the earth. We'll be sent to the slums. We'll be sent to, you know, the most, uh, uh, you know, sent to the uh, places that no man, you wouldn't want to send your worst enemy. Oh, that's what God has sent me. I don't, but no. God will put a desire. If he's going to send you to the slums, he's going to send you to the jail. If he's going to send you to wherever the place may be. He's going to put a love in you for it. You'll have a love for it. You, because any offering to God, he wants you to do willingly. Whether it's money. He told, he told the, uh, in Corinthians, Paul told the people, said, look, you gather your offering before I come. And you give it out of a willing heart. That's what God wants from us, a willing heart. And all these things are come by the grace and the peace of God as we grow in grace, as we grow in favor, as we grow in the knowledge of God. That's what God wants from us, that we grow in the knowledge of him and the love of him. For faith is confidence, what God has said, and what's written in the word. When you can trust, that's where the trust in the Lord with all thine heart comes from. When you start out believing God, you sometimes you start at 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 the, at the uh, start from uh, uh, the word go. You got to start in first grade. You might can't start believing God for a million dollars. You might can't start believing God for a Mercedes when you don't even know how to drive. The scripture said, "Faith without works is dead." Maybe we should start out to Lord. I need to get my driver's license. Well, just for an example, a simple act of faith. Did you know, Lord? I'm going to get the driver's manual. I'm going to download that on my phone or on the computer. I'm going to study it, but I'm going to go take the test, Lord. I'm going to take the, the written test because I'm going to believe you. And I know I need a car. I want I want my own transportation. Believe God for for uh, for uh, passing the learner's test. But, well, I don't have a car. That's next. First thing first. You going to believe God for a job? Volunteer for one. Give what you want. The scripture said, give it and shall be given. Heaped up, pressed down, running over, shall men give unto your uh, bosom. If you want a friend, the scripture says, if, any man, if, you want to have, if a man would have friends, he must first show himself friendly. If you want a friend, be kind to the people that are around you. Be kind to the people that you meet. That's sowing. Giving your time to what you want to do. If you want to be a nurse, volunteer at the hospital, volunteer in the nursing ward, you know, volunteer at the, uh, uh, you may can't do it now with, with, with COVID, but there are things that we can volunteer at the food giveaway, volunteer handing out uh, food. There are so many things that we could do that we could sow. We should sow where you want to go. If where you want to go is, 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 uh, is if you're not where you want to go, then look where you want to go and sow toward it. If you want friends, Show yourself friendly. If you want a job, volunteer your work. You say, well, you know, nobody's hiring now. Go to where you want to work and say, look, I'll volunteer. 
I'll volunteer an hour or two a day, or whatever the case may be. But these are just examples of what we could do. To uh, There are sometimes there are actions. Other times there aren't actions. Sometimes God doesn't ask you to do something. He doesn't ask you to believe. Sometimes you can't do for what you're trying to do. But these are just examples I'm giving today of our trust in God and trust in his word that what he says is true. But it's all about being willing to start. Scripture says, despise not small beginnings. Where you start is not where you're going to end. Because none of us come into this world and leave the same way you looked coming in. You may come out, you may come into the world as a baby, but if you stay in this earth any amount of time, you will be a whole lot different when you leave this earth. And this is what I just want to talk about today, about the grace and the peace of God. This is what Hebrews 10.35 says before, before we close today. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. What is the writer saying? He said, cast not away therefore your confidence. He's saying, don't throw away all of this which you have accumulated. You've gotten, you know, you see Christ as your Savior. You've received a very precious Holy Spirit. You, God is leading you in, in, in maybe small ways to start out with. And you're asking God, Father, just uh, help me, Lord, to, to uh, share your word. And then somebody comes along and you tell your testimony about how God has saved you, or how God is, you know, how he's moving in your life, how that you now have peace. Now, everybody doesn't have to, you know, you, 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 you may not have the testimony of, of, of coming out of drugs or coming out of this or that, but just having peace and being able to sleep at night. There are so many people that can't, they have to have drugs to go to sleep, drugs to wake up, drugs to cope. But being able to just go to sleep and rest and say, and be able to tell somebody, you know what? I used to have to do all of these things just to go to sleep. But over time, God has directed me to now. I'm, I am anxiety free. I'm, you know, and that may take time. Some people, sometimes that deliverance may come overnight. Other time it may take months. But yet, step by step. Day by day, the faith of God will rise in you. God's going to meet you where you are. Wherever you are, he'll come to meet you. But he'll lead you out. He's not going to leave you the way he found you. He will lead you out if you let him. Let in the power of God. Let in the faith of God. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Hebrews 10.35 says, cast not away therefore your confidence. You have, you, if you've listened to this uh, broadcast at any time, you've heard me speak about faith. you heard me speak about the grace of God and how that God is such a loving and forgiving God. See, we have to, you have to speak God's word. That's what gives it power. Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's in your tongue. You've got, to, uh, you've got to speak out in faith what God has said. And remember, as I said, faith is your agreeing with what he said. So don't throw away your confidence. Because if your confidence in God, that part of that verse says, has great recompense of reward. You're standing in faith and trusting God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll be with you to the end of the world.
Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this little talk today. We pray that the faith and the grace of, and confidence which you have for your people will be spread abroad in our hearts. Lord, teach us how to walk in love. Teach us how to walk in faith. Teach us, Lord, how to take that step out. And we know that comes through our reading and meditating on the word. And then following direction of the Holy Spirit. As he leads us, he guides us, and he shows us the way to go. You said, Lord God, in Isaiah 30, 30th chapter, how that you will be a voice behind us. Saying, turn you to the left hand or to the right. We need your guidance in this time. You said, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. We trust you, Father, that you lead us today. You guide us. For any that are not saved, we pray you pray this prayer. Father, we, I declare today, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he came. He lived on this earth as a man, and he died. And when he died, he took all of my sins to hell, never to be brought back to remembrance of God. I receive Christ today as my Savior, and I invite him into my heart. And Lord God, I am now a member of the royal family of heaven. Thank you, Lord. I trust you lead me. You guide me, Lord. I am available unto you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.